WFYI podcast brought to you by Bloomington, Indiana, an American college town offering food and drink, college sports, outdoor activities, live music, cool art, and good times daily. Everyone is welcome in Bloomington. More information at visitbloomington.com. It's time to hear what's good, what's bad, and what's ugly at the cinemas and on DVD. Get ready for Wait for it! Film Sociology with WFYI's film guru. Kaiser Shizzy! No, that's Matthew Sosi. It's such a fine line between stupid and clever, yes. Let's find out how thin the line is. Here's your host, Matthew Sosi. Film lovers, welcome to Film Sociology, a film talk show here on WFYI HD to the Point and WFYI.org. If you have a question or a comment, you can email me at msocey, that's M-S-O-C-E-Y at WFYI.org. Also on Facebook, also on Twitter at Matthew Sosey. Show's available as a podcast, it's also available on iTunes, and we have a blog which we'll someday update at filmsociology.tumblr.com. Voice you heard, a man with a with an extra stake in his life, that's, that's Kobe right. Slagle. Thank you. The, Thank you, Professor. Oh gosh, yes, yes. Uh, okay, let's, welcome to the inside joke portion of the film show. Uh, of course, Kobe uh, Kobe's team was triumphant once again, Patriot style. Yep. Although my play calling is better than Pagano's. <laughs> Um, talk about horrifying. We'll get to that in a little bit. But um, so Kobe won. So Kobe is going to be watching sometime uh, Friday Foster Sheba Baby or Sheba Baby. Sorry, you'll be watching the Pam Greer uh, classic Sheba Baby with a bone-in New York strip steak. So congratulations! Can't wait, Coach Slagle. And yes, he calls me professor because I'm teaching theater appreciation at Ivy Tech. I'm trying to talk my students into seeing Titus Andronicus because I can. And ladies and gentlemen, oh, you can do that now because it's a stage play and you're teaching that stuff. I am teaching theater appreciation at Ivy Tech, and uh, they need to see live theater. And this is a, I will, I will say this about the production that's happening here in Indianapolis. It's in October, so the timing is right. And speaking of timing, it is October. We heard an, we had an old school intro because we have an old school guest <laughs> in spirit, not in heart, but uh, but we have we have a guest, we have one of our regulars. And uh, God, we had Robert Irvine, who was one of our regulars. Now we have another one of our regulars in studio, literally and figuratively, a man, a thing that needs no introduction. <laughs> all of my introductions are all dead weight on any show anyway. <laughs> Call me old school. I'm more old dungeon. <laughs> None of the slick electronics you modern torturers use today. Sammy Terry's in studio with us because it's October, and he is all over the place, all over central Indiana for the next week and a half. Uh, where are you going to be uh, 
appearing, whether people want to or not, see you or not, Sammy. <laughs> well, I'll be appearing and disappearing all around. But of course, on Saturday the 24th, I will be in Olytic, Indiana, way down south, below Bedford, where all the dead, creepy people creep. I will be at the old haunted school there, oh, meeting and greeting all of the victims that come through the haunted house. And then on Friday, October 30th, I'll be just downtown Indianapolis. I'll be hosted by the Indiana Landmark Society at their Halloween spectacular Silent Halloween. Oh, we're showing the silent movies, The Haunted House starring Buster Keaton, as well as the classic old black and white silent film, The Phantom of the Opera. And we're bringing in Mark Herman, the great classical organist from L.A., starting his career here in Indiana. He's going to be coming in to accompany the silent movies with oh, the cool. organ. We'll be doing a Sammy Terry stage show, a game show, as well as having prizes for the audience and all kinds of horrible things and being the course. As I bring my guillotine to stage, if you come and see me, you might even lose your head over the experience. <laughs> Sammy, how come your your casket isn't uh, registered with the Indiana Landmarks yet? we got to work on that. Well, my casket precedes any kind of Indiana landmarks. For me and my people roamed these lonely hills of southern Indiana long before the indigenous population arrived. You see, you can't kill the dead. <laughs> I think Jerry Garcia would have a word about that, but that's another time <laughs> and another discussion. So we'll be chatting with Sammy in a little bit. And of course, I love it when, when Sammy is here with Kobe and I because besides besides. <clears throat> Hearing us and giving us information, he also likes to give Kobe Slagle life advice. Yeah. Life, your life coach is Sammy Terry, <laughs> Mr. Slagle. Take that. That's horrifying. <laughs> yeah, and we have some more updates because we like to share. And by the way, Bian oh, yes. Bianca, we love you. You're a really good sport, just like Mrs. Sosi. 16 years and going strong. Uh, Kobe. More on that later. More on that much later. Um, moron. Who's the moron? <laughs> uh, Kobe, I need you to pull up a trailer because this is one of these rare opportunities that I can do this. Um, the, the film Coming Home, not to be confused with the Jane Fonda, John Voight uh, wheelchair movie. This is the, uh, the latest film from the director of Raise the Red Lantern. It stars Gong Li, who turns 50 this year. I don't believe that at all. Set in China in the late 70s. Do we have, uh, Kobe, do you have that pulled uh, up, ready to go? Almost. Okay, very good. Uh, no, 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 it's fine, because I, I hit you with this immediately. Again, we are, we are working the show as it happens. Production meetings on the air. But it's a story of, uh, it's a family drama, which the dad is coming home from prison. Uh, the mother, played by Gong Li, is starting to starting to forget things at a, at a certain age in her life and the and the grown daughter that is trying to bring them back in one way shape or form together with more family secrets to be revealed as the film goes on here's some audio Who are you? Who are you? 
就要过去了，春天如期到来了。站在了开满黄花的草地上，我们感觉春天真的来了。阿玉，我回来了。So one of the one of the perks, ladies and gentlemen, of doing the film show in studio, you cannot see this, I can, because it's radio. Uh, but I get to watch Kobe Slagle watch the trailer, and Kobe, <laughs> who doesn't want that? I, I, you know what? If we ever got a camera in here, we would have to have Kobe Slagle trailer reaction it's the cam. Reaction cam. And um, I saw the trailer for uh, Coming Home, and immediately your lovely wife's voice was in my head, going, "Kobe, we should go see this because it's set in China in 1979. That's usually a red flag, sir." But what happens in the film is that the father, who is who was at one time considered an enemy of the state. Not the Gene Hackman Will Smith movie, but he is released, and uh, as he gets home, he, re- he has a reunion with his wife. But she is starting to get into the early stages of Alzheimer's, so some days are better than others. And then there is uh, so that's heartbreaking to watch, and it's frustrating for him. There is a regular occurrence that happens where she will, the Gong Lee character will paint a sign with her husband's name on it, and go to the train stop and hold it up and just wait for him. Day after day after day, and uh, and what eventually winds up happening is um, one day she sees him, and it looks like they had a re- the reunion. You could say it's also a heavy, heavy melodramatic version, Chinese version of Fifty First Dates. Only they're married. Uh, but there is a moment where he does bring a crate of old letters that he has written to her from jail, and he starts to read letters to her. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, a 1970s Chinese version of the Notebook, the old portion, the James Garner, Jenna Rollins portion. So Kobe is just shaking his head. <laughs> I hear an Archer Lana voice in your head <laughs> saying, "Nope." Um, it is a very touching story. Gong Li is exceptionally good in this, and it, the fact that she's reaching an age where she is now playing roles that require her to uh, be dolled down, I guess, and to play a role with a woman in the early stages of Alzheimer's reminded me of uh, Julie Christie in Away From Her several years ago. Um, 
So I would say it is. Yeah, there, there's the second half is like a Chinese version of the notebook, uh, less sappy. Uh, this one, you don't necessarily have to feed to diabetics when they go into shock. Um, doesn't hit you over the head as hard as uh, Nicholas Sparks novel. But you will see, you will recognize similar storylines in this with uh, except for the gorgeous footage of the Carolinas and the coast. You get a lot of greens and grays of the 1970s China. Mm. So I would say um Stay for the say, go because your wife or girlfriend wants to, and stay for the performances. So I think the performances, that was a yeah, good movie. that is. And uh, can we also pull the trailer for Steve Jobs because yeah. this is a little livelier. This is the I think we're done with Steve Jobs films now. I think we're done between between Ashton Kutcher. And that's another horrifying film. And another time, Sammy. Nobody asked for that. And Ke- Kutcher's on your list, right? Yeah, Kobe. Not, uh, not a Steve Je- or not a Steve Jobs, not an Ashton Kutcher fan. Ever. Not an Ash, Ash. Well, this doesn't have Ashton Kutcher. This has Michael Fassbender. Sorry, ladies. This is the film. Michael Fassbender keeps his clothes on. You ladies know what I'm talking about. And a few dudes. Anyway, but you have Michael Fassbender as Steve Jobs. It also helps that it's written by Aaron Sorkin and it's directed by Danny Boyle. So, yes, the guy who uh, wrote The Social Network as well as The Newsroom and The West Wing and it's directed by the gentleman who gave us Slumdog Millionaire and 127 Hours. He's also surrounded by Kate Winslet and Jeff Daniels as well as uh, Seth Rogen in a in a dramatic role for Seth Rogen yeah. by Seth Rogen standards. Here's some crackling audio. What if the computer was a beautiful object? Something you want to look at and have in your home. And what if instead of it being in the right hands, it was in everyone's hands? We'd be talking about the most tectonic shift in the status quo since ever. To manage expectations. Have I ever let you down? Every single goddamn time. <laughs> then I'm due. Your Apple stock is worth $441 million. And your daughter and her mother are on welfare. She's not my daughter! You must be able to see that she looks like you. We will know soon enough if you were Leonardo da Vinci or just think you are. You're the only one who sees the world the same way I do. No one sees the world the same way you do. Everyone is waiting for the Mac. What are people going to do with it? It's an abstract. They're going to do that? You're issuing contradictory instructions. You're insubordinate. You make people miserable. The board believes you're no longer necessary to this company. I sat in a garage and invented the future. Because artists lead and acts ask for a show of hands. What you make isn't supposed to be the best part of you when you're a father. That's what's supposed to be the best part of you. I'm the only one who knows that this guy is someone you invented. Is there a plan? The plan will reveal itself to you when you're ready to see it. Well, it's happening. The comeback of a superstar. Co-founder Stephen Jobs. Steve Jobs. Steve Jobs is returning to Apple. Two most significant events of the 20th century. The Allies win the war from this. Ladies and gentlemen, Steve Jobs. Intense keyboard clicking. Yes. Um, so this is the third Steve Jobs film in a matter of a couple of years. We mentioned the Ashton Kutcher uh, biopic, which not not really that good. And then a documentary that came out earlier this year, which uh, had wall-to-wall audio from uh, Mr. Jobs himself. 
This is one, um, of course, I now have to send a royalty check to my dear friend Laura Jansen, who always tells me I don't like biopics because they're movies about people. And what she's saying is that that makes fun. She's making fun of the biopic story arc. Young, rise to fame, there's usually uh, yeah, fame and fortune, and then there's a crash, and then there's a redemption. Not the case in this one. Thank goodness. I don't know if we want to see him as a young child playing with electronics and then building the first computer or whatever. There, the, the, only, the earliest flashbacks goes to uh, him, uh, the, the, of course, Steve Jobs played by Fassbender as, and Seth Rogen's character in a garage creating computer, as well as him getting the job at Apple with, uh, and bringing in Jeff Daniels' character. The film takes place over um, three, if I remember, three or four different areas all happening at the same time. It is a backstage drama right before he's supposed to go on stage at the San Francisco Opera Center, which is where he used to go to introduce and display the next great thing that he was going to bring to the world. And, of course, everything is going wrong backstage. Kate Winslet plays his kind of personal assistant, his girl Friday. Michael Solberg, the great actor from uh, Hugo and A Serious Man, also in this, and it seems like there's every all sorts of drama going on between the electronics, as you heard in the film, his family, his a woman, a child who may or may not be his, and the woman that he had said or said child, or whether it's his or not. Anyway, so there's family drama and there's business drama all minutes before he's supposed to go on stage. That's the format. Um, Chris Lloyd, our buddy at the film app, I believe I can't. I'm going to phrase it carefully. I believe he called it gl- the film "Glorious BS," meaning that there's no way this much drama could happen literally minutes before you're supposed to go on stage every single time. But that's the story arc that we have. Uh, Fastbender, I think, is really solid. Does he do an impression of Jobs? No, he just captures a little bit of the look and a little bit of the attitude. In shocking news, Steve Jobs, not an easy guy to work with, not an easy guy to live around. In other news, the sun rises and sets. So I guess on the one hand, we are grateful for his contribution. On the other hand, we're also grateful we didn't have to timeshare a condo with him at any time. So anyway, really solid performances from the rest of the cast. And if you like that kind of crackling Aaron Sorkin dialogue, yes, there are walk and talk scenes in this because it's Aaron Sorkin and you have the Is director. this a men in suits talking? Um, very good question uh, there, Kobe. That's Emma's term. Um, not always suits. <laughs> uh, I don't believe Steve is Jobs like the word. Is this men in turtlenecks talking? Yeah, yeah, yes, there is. There is a little bit of that, but it's 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 really well done talking, thanks to Aaron Sorkin. So, uh, again, I think uh, I think this is the Steve Jobs film to see. You don't need to see anything else. And, uh, and, and in a way, Sammy, Sammy, uh, Steve Jobs' work has helped expand uh, your exposure, so to speak. Oh, most certainly. So many of the people rely on their computing devices to find Sammy Terry. Of course, those that subscribe to the Sammy Terry YouTube channel can certainly see... All of the classic clips that you and I have shared throughout the generations that I've been horrifying Hoosiers since 1962. As well as they can catch me, of course, on these newfangled Facebooky things. I'm there with my fan page where all of my fans keep up to the day-to-day late-breaking things. Mobile-friendly on your iPhone, thanks to Stevie Jobs. 
Facebooky things? Are you hovering on the front stoop? <laughs> Kobe, that is what we call a radio assist. That was a John Stockton-esque radio assist right there. Now, speaking of internet, Sammy, would you do us a favor and just go terrify Ashton Kutcher about his Steve Jobs biopic, please? Oh, absolutely. Ashton Kutcher, the best thing I ever saw him in was the butterfly effect. But near the end, I kept thinking if only he would really just disappear in the past, we'd all be better off. <laughs> Thank you, sir. We concur. So anyway, definitely go check out Steve yes, Jobs. Yes, yep. Yes, yes, yes. Absolutely. Now, we also, of course, uh, this is also the final weekend. Besides the fact that it's Pledge Drive here at WFYI, mm -hmm. uh, but you can also, if you like to support local radio and you like to support local arts and local arts events besides Sammy Terry, of course, uh, this is the final weekend for the Heartland Film Festival. Right. HeartlandFilmFestival.org. The they are announcing the award winners Saturday? Tomorrow, yeah. And then, of course, you can see the winners on Sunday. Because why would you be watching football on Sunday? You've seen what happened with the Colts and the Lions and everybody else. So, anyway, that can, you can go check that out on Sunday. Uh, of course, at Kobe. Mm-hmm. What is speaking of the internet and computers that you're yeah. looking at? What are you? What are things? How are things at your alma mater? At IU Cinema tonight uh, at six thirty, we have Struggles in Steel: A History of African American Steelworkers. Cool. Follow that up in the Friday Night Fright series from nineteen eighty two at nine thirty. The Evil Dead. The original Evil Dead, directed by. Michigan State grad Sam Raimi. I bet he was happy this week. And uh, the, 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 the slow rise of one uh, was, I'm trying to remember, was Bruce Campbell in the first Evil Dead? I can, don't know. can you look that up? Yep. I actually I remember seeing it in the theaters with my dad and my brother because I was what twelve? Yeah, right age to see The Evil Dead, and it was it was a horror film unlike any other at that time, right, Sammy? Oh, very much so. Bruce Campbell, yeah, and That's of course Brucey Campbell. He's got such a long legacy. Most people today only know him by his television he does now, but he was one of the great starving actors, as there are thousands of them out in Hollywood. Would, making his way, cutting his teeth in the horror movies, since so many of our great actors have done that. That's right. I think, if I remember right, I think it was last week, as you like to affectionately call him, would have been the 100th birthday of one Vinnie Price. He can say that. We cannot. Good, Vinnie Price. Of course I remember well in 1972 when he was in my dungeon, laying in my reclining telephone booth coffin, and he did my intro for my 10th anniversary show. And even though I am now going on my 53rd year of Hoosier television, I remember that 10th anniversary like it was yesterday. And, of course, never forget, in Theater of Blood with Vincent Price, he did a scene from Titus Andronicus. <laughs> Take that, Robert Morley. So, yeah, that is happening. Of course, The Evil Dead at IU Cinema. And it was interesting because I remember one of the first camera tricks that I learned about was, uh, and, of course, this happens a lot in The Evil Dead and a lot of other films since then, but it's the, the, the smooth-flowing low camera shots and as i found out later was basically uh, a camera strapped to a two by four in the center with two guys on each end walking through the forest simple simple camera moves smartly done what else is happening at iu midnight movies tonight from 1982 the dark crystal 
Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Did you did you ever see that? I did not. Uh, I'm going to guess too freaky for your taste. Um, Jim Henson. Like, yeah. yeah, Jim Henson, dark material. This was uh, before Labyrinth. Yeah, so early 80s. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And they're showing that again uh, tomorrow at 3 o'clock and then 7 o'clock. Freestyle, the art of rhyme in the history and craft of hip-hop series at IU Cinema. Will David Baker be at that one? I don't know. Dr. David Baker. Dr. David. We love Dr. David Baker. At the skyline. Uh-oh. Now here we yeah, so we, we're, we're in the waning weeks, I believe, of drive-in season. And, of course, we like to see if the pairings of the films at the drive-in make sense. Hit it, Kobe. Nothing new this week at Skyline. Okay. Uh, tonight, 7.45. Well, actually, tonight and tomorrow, 7.45, Evil Dead 2. Really? Yep. Wow. So, ladies and gentlemen, if you you can get an Evil Dead double feature in Central Indiana if you're worth the drive. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, Evil Dead Two, interesting, and that's where and now is the film. There's a little bit of it in the first Evil Dead, but there was the the walking hand in bloody hand of comedy and horror at the same time, especially with the sequels of the Evil Dead. A little bit in the first, but a lot more in the others. Yes, sir. Following that, nine fifteen from nineteen eighty one, The Beyond. Oh, I think that was one of those. I believe it was on HBO like every other hour back in the early 80s. And Katarina Cinemax. McCall, David Warbeck. I, I don't know. I, I probably Sammy? have seen it. <laughs> it's beyond my comprehension. <laughs> have to go check. It might have been one of those. Oh, yeah, we did that once. And then wrapping up, uh, actually just tomorrow night. Uh-huh. This one is only tomorrow night from 1970 at 1045 p.m. The Wizard of Gore. Herschel Gordon Lewis. Oh, man. Really cheap. <laughs> lots of blood. More blood than Titus. And, uh, yeah, from Chicago. It's interesting that they got that. So there you go. You can go to Shelbyville and go check that out at the Skyline. At the Tibbs. Mr. Tibbs. Goosebumps and Hotel Transylvania 2. Now that makes sense. Yep. Scary movies for kids That's and young adults. That's fine. Crimson Peak and Trainwreck. Why is Trainwreck still out? <laughs> um, same studio, and yeah, Crimson. Let's not forget Crimson Peak from Guillermo del Toro. With besides uh, Tom Hiddleston and Jessica Chastain and Maya Wachowski, but also that's fil- an odd pairing. Film sociology regular guest <laughs> Doug Jones. No, because it's a Guillermo del Toro film. Yeah. He's in that. So we're we're trying to. We have not heard back from Doug Jones. Um, and hopefully we will. You've seen you've seen Mr. Jones's work there, Sammy. He of course was the Silver Surfer. He was the the little sidekick who who uh, looks like Doug Jones but sounds like David Hyde Pierce in Hellboy. <laughs> and he had the eyeballs in his hands in Pan's Labyrinth. Of course, I remember that well. There you go. What else is happening there? Screen three: Pan and the Martian. Why? Pan and the Martian. What kind of pairing is that? Sounds like a bad sports show. <laughs> Pan in the Martian. Mornings in Kansas City. <laughs> Talking about the Chiefs. Yeah, God. And what else? Screen four, Woodlawn and the Intern. Woodlawn? Football movie. Oh, right, right. Do we need that? I don't know. Probably no, not. Probably not. Okay, Midnight at Midnight Landmark. Movies Landmark. This weekend, Friday, Saturday, American Werewolf in London. The original, directed by John Landis with David Naughton, an Academy Award for Rick Baker and his makeup work. You've seen that one. Wonderful movie, absolutely. Well worth it at midnight on any night. Horror and comedy at the same time. Griffin Dunn, the the buddy who who just, as the film goes on, decomposes more and more. 
and then <laughs> and then Halloween weekend. This Halloween is, weekend. This is going to be. This is a fascinating choice. October I'm excited. October thirtieth and thirty first at Keystone Landmark Theaters. Midnight movies. Ms. Forty five. The Abel Ferrara dirty, grungy New York female death wish. I think, and and next week's show, Kelly Gualdoni, who is, of course, playing Tamara in Titus Andronicus, is going to be here to talk about her production and and try to get questions and answers out of my production earlier this year, which Sammy was a part of. We appreciate. But I'm trying to talk her and the Titus crew into going to see Ms. 45 at Landmark. So you might see a bunch of theatrical miscreants a week from Friday <laughs> at Landmark at midnight. Definitely worth checking out. Nothing going on at the IMA right now, but looking ahead, Saturday, November 7th, in their serial cinema series, The Secret of Nim. Oh, really? Early 80s uh, Don mm-hmm. Bluth? Yep, yep. And then uh, looking ahead in a month at the IMA, the Internet Cat Video Festival. <laughs> uh, I know a certain 13-year-old who will turn 14 <laughs> that, that does want to see that. Um, is Frank going to be a judge at that? Oh, he totally should. <laughs> if he had thumbs, he would write bad <laughs> reviews. Does, does Bianca want to see that? You know you're going to see that. I'd kind of like to go to that. You guys are going to totally go, like to go to that. When is that? Uh, November 20th and 21st at the IMA. Oh, my gosh. You know, we've been. it's been a while since we've had a film sociology field trip. Mm-hmm. That might be it. You know, <laughs> the only thing that I know about cats is that Goolsby and George are constantly trying to find a particular breed of cat that will bounce. Over and over they try every breed they can, slamming them down into the dungeon floor, but none of them bounce. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. Sammy Terry, dog person. <laughs> dog ghoul. Hellhounds. Werewolves, more like it. <laughs> Boy, it's hard to get them vaccinated and get them on a leash. So, <laughs> All right, you know what? Let's let's take a short break, and we'll talk about something that's on new, uh, a new title. It's on DVD and Blu-ray, and we'll chat more with Sammy Terry because we can. You're listening to Film Sociology, a film talk show here on WFYI HD to the Point and WFYI.org.
either one of these any good? Sir? What? Are either one of these any good? I don't watch movies. Well, have you heard anything about either one of them? I find it's best to stay out of other people's affairs. You know who I can do without? I can do without the people in the video store. Which ones? All of them. What would you get for a six-year-old boy who chronically wets his bed? So do you have any new movies in? Do you have that one with that guy who was in that movie that was out last year? They never rent quality flicks. They always pick the most intellectually devoid movie on the racks. Ooh, Navy Seals! It's like in order to join, they have to have an IQ less than their shoe size. Just go, just go open the video store. Yeah, open the video store. Blockbuster video. Wow, what a difference. Well, in case you didn't see it, here it is again. <laughs> Thank you, Tyler. Season getting ready to start up. I know, I know. This is your home. Now, film sociology is your home for what? Tyler Hansborough updates with the... Charlotte Hornets. The Charlotte Hornets. Because who else would cover it? Might as well be us. <laughs> Welcome back to Film Sociology. Well, no one else is going to do it. Yeah, exactly. So here it is. Welcome back to Film Sociology, a film talk show here on WFYI HD to the point, WFYI.org. If you uh, have a question or a comment, you can email me at msosi at WFYI.org, also on Facebook, also on Twitter at Matthew Sosi. And if you enjoy the nonsense that happens here twice a week on HD2, 1-800-233-0020, or go to WFYI.org. You can support a lot of the HD2 programs like Film Sociology, like The Cool Down with Kobe Slagle, as well as Exponential Radio, uh, Cultural Manifesto with Kyle Long. Of course, you can hear The Art of the Matter here on HD2. So if you enjoy the weekly radio nonsense that we provide... (laughs) Lord knows we need the funds for it, this because this don't come cheap. 1-800-233-0020 or WFYI.org. And, uh, and, and if you don't pledge, we'll, we'll sick Sammy Terry on you because Ira Glass is too busy. <laughs> and, of course, this is the perfect time for them to pledge to WFYI. For after Halloween overtakes you this year, you may not have the opportunity in this mortal realm to do so. So quickly get out your checkbooks, pull out your credit card, support WFYI. Otherwise, we'll find you. <laughs> we need to re-record that and put that on HD one. So we'll do that after the show. That was great. Okay, uh, we played the video intro, so I want to get quickly on this because honestly, I did. I, I missed it twice, and I'm really okay. Jurassic World. Oh, I've not seen it. I want to see it. You do? Yeah. Okay. Dinosaurs don't scare you? No. No? Well, I mean, like, I, but I remember seeing the first one when it came out in theater. I was like seven years old or something. Okay. You and were the a big Barney fan, and he really <laughs> desensitized you to the Jurassic realm. <laughs> so, And I think you'll run faster than Bryce Dallas Howard does in heels in this film, from from, from what I've heard. Mm. So there is that. Anyway, dinosaurs do anything for you there, Sammy? Other than trying to stay out of their way, no. <laughs> okay, very good. So uh, anyway, that is out there. And uh, also, if you pick up Nuvo, you can see Ed Johnson Ott's review of Coming Home, as well as our uh, our buddy Sam Watermeyer and his review of Crimson Peak. And uh, the headline, you'll appreciate this, the headline says, Grotesque Yet Gorgeous. Beautiful yet grungy. I like that. Exactly. So that's, of course, his review of uh, Crimson Peak. Um, 
Before we get to uh, some life lessons with Mr. Slagle, uh, Sammy, tell us tell us again where uh, where you'll be hovering around for the next week and a half or so. Most certainly on Saturday, twenty fourth, I'll be down in Olytic, Indiana, at the old haunted school. And then on Friday, the thirtieth, I invite all of your people to come party with me for Halloween, hosted by the Indiana Landmarks at Twelfth and Central in downtown Indianapolis area. Doors open at 6.45, and my show goes on at 7.30. It'll be a great Halloween party where you'll come in costumes. We'll have a contest, and there'll be a beautiful organ there. Accompany the silence films. And then, of course, the following night, Halloween, I will be on WTTV 4.2, the digital channel. So all of you Comcast listeners will have to certainly make sure that you look at your channel listings and get the right channel guide for which channel it will be. It's the WTTV 4.2 digital. And if you don't have Comcast, make sure that you pull out those old rabbit ears because I'll also be on the antenna TV so you can catch me over the airwaves just like we always did. And if you don't have either of those options, that's the time that you go over to your computer. You go to YouTube.com and search for Sammy Terry and click the subscribe button on the Sammy Terry YouTube channel. And there I'll be posting all 20 segments that George and I have put together for your horrifying Halloween experience. And again, if you see the television show, I'll be hosting a trilogy of terror from 1.30 in the afternoon until 8 p.m. on Halloween Day. I'll be showing The Silence of the Lambs, followed by The Diary of the Dead, followed by Halloween 2, the Rob Zombie release. Ah, okay. So all three of those movies will set up your day to have a horrible trick-or-treating experience. So there you go, ladies and gentlemen. You can see Sammy Terry during the day, and then you can continue, and then you can go out and trick-or-treat during the day because it's not 1975 anymore. <laughs> and, 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 of course, if you go and you, if you turn on the, the Channel 4 and Big Bang Theory is on, that's the wrong channel. <laughs> Do the right. other one. It's the WTTV 4.2 digital channel. If you have, and if you have a giant television where there's more wood than television – we can't help you. Sorry. So <laughs> that's the time to pull out those rabbit ears and catch me on Channel Four over the airwaves, and and get the uh, silver foil and ballerina positions if need be with said rabbit ears. You know, Sammy. Earlier, uh, earlier this year, there was a musical version of Silence of the Lambs that was here in Indy. Silence, the L- Silence of the Lambs musical. Very oh, fun. Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah. You you seem like a song and dance man at heart. Never. <laughs> Speaking of musicals, uh, Kobe, you, yep. uh, your lovely wife. Did, mm-hmm. Now, did you go as well? Yes, you went. Yep. Wow. So, so, ladies and gentlemen, there are times where you can go to the movie theater and you don't have to see something that just came out that's on three thousand screens. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you have a special fathom like event, and mm-hmm. uh, you and your lovely wife Bianca, yes, and uh, and her new uh, office here at Film Sociology headquarters. Yes, the musical correspondent. The musical correspondent. Because love means never having to say you're sorry. 
We should play. We should play uh, Sammy uh, Bianca's intro because that's a terrifying montage. If there ever was one, really, yeah, we can do that. We can do that. Um, so, but you guys got to see something that you've never seen on the big screen and yes. had the chance to because it was the 50th anniversary of My Fair Lady. That's right. So uh, Rex Harris <laughs> switching gears here. <laughs> oh no! We'll, and don't worry, we'll get back to scary movies you can see on the big screen in a second. So now you had seen My Fair Lady yes. before, right? Yes, love My Fair Lady. Love Rex Harrison. Do you really? Yes. I can sing on cue. Really? Okay. And, of course, Audrey Hepburn and her singing voice provided by anyone movie nerds? Give you a hint. She also did the vocals for Natalie Wood in West Side Story. I Yeah, I know it, but I don't know it. Marnie Nixon. Yep. That's right, nerds. I'm the film host. (laughs) Anyway, George Kukar's uh, big, lush, lavish uh, musical, yep. basically a, a musical version of Pygmalion. So, Sammy, I know you on paper it sounds like it would be up your alley. It's a uh, it's a very egocentric gentleman who tries to change a woman basically basically on a whim and a bet. Oh, that's a great premise for a movie. Or Vertigo, but not this one. (laughs) You see, most of the women that I change usually goes for a transformation from my levitation table to my guillotine. I don't do it in a fair way. I would rather star in my scare lady. (laughs) (laughs) That's a different type of film that could be made that we're just not going to get into right now. So anyway, that was, uh, I'm glad you got to see that on the big screen. Yeah, I think it's a terrifying film because it's Still won all the awards that Doctor Strangelove should have done in 1964. Uh, I'm that guy. Uh, okay. Yeah. Peter Sellers, best picture. No, not bitter. And I wasn't even born yet. <laughs> so, anyway, you can. So, every now and then, ladies and gentlemen. Um, it's look, coming, I think maybe ne- maybe it was this week, maybe it's next week. Uh, 50th anniversary Blu ray DVD. Of My Fair Lady? Yeah. Nice tie in. Mm-hmm. You can do that. You guys going to get that? I don't know. Probably not. Okay. Um,. <laughs> That's all right. We'll have to work on that. But, but ladies and gentlemen, there are times we, we whenever possible, of course, um, see Sammy Terry live. It's fun to watch him on YouTube. We've done it numerous times, but there's nothing like going to see the live experience. Hello to my students at Ivy Tech. Um, seeing him live is something to behold. And also, like, seeing movies on the big screen. Yeah, you, prob- you, you might buy the Blu-ray of My Fair Lady, and you might have a giant television at home, but there's nothing like Not actually seeing it in, on a big screen. And, for in- and speaking of films that you can see on the big screen, there is another Fathom event coming up. Yep. I believe it's, is it right, the 29th? There is a showing the 25th, 25th. so Sunday, this and then Sunday. on the 28th as well. But you get not one... But two versions of the 1930 classic Dracula. And the first one, of course, is the Todd Browning directed one with Bella Lugosi. And then for you movie nerds out there, the story was they would shoot the English language version with Bella. Well, as much English as Bella could muster. Um, They would shoot that in the daytime. And then at night, an entirely different crew would use the exact same sets and make a Spanish language version. And you're going to see both of those on that day. Uh, I have the Dracula box set and both of them. And the Spanish language version, really well done. Equally as, as powerful as the original. And I know uh, our uh, our IFJA buddy Bob Bloom up in Bloomington got to interview uh, Ben Mankiewicz. 
from TCM, who is doing the uh, oh cool yeah he's doing the the intro and then the the in between segments over there. So so that's what the twenty which is it again twenty fifth and the twenty eighth the twenty fifth and the twenty eighth fathomevents.com. Go check that out on the big screen. That would be very cool. Also tomorrow night at ten o'clock on MeTV, which is thirteen point three here in Indianapolis. Uh, one of your peers, Spanguli, up in the the great the great metropolitan Berwyn area. Tomorrow <laughs> night, he is also showing the Bella Lugosi version of Dracula, but it is the print with music by Philip Glass and the Kronos Quartet. Really? Yes, really. This was one, I'm trying to remember, I believe it was the late 80s that they found a remastered print, and then Philip Glass did a score to accompany it. To accompany huh. it. So there you go. You, you, you a Philip cool. Glass guy at all, Sammy? Oh, I do like the harmonious sounds of the keyboarding. Um, so I do like Philip Glass, but I'm not familiar with that release. There you go. So Kronos Quartet, that's, uh, that is happening Saturday night on MeTV. So, uh, Kobe, what are, you, what are you dressing Frank as for Halloween? And does Frank have a say in this? He's got a... for, the, for the record, Frank is, is their cat. <laughs> He's got a cowboy outfit, does not wear the cowboy outfit. Is it Cannot like, get the cowboy outfit on him. Does does it have a little chin strap with a string for because uh, it's a there's cat. a cowboy hat yeah. and yet he's got the the pants and the shirt, little bandana. Now yeah, George would tell you that cowboys bounce. You should try it. <laughs> uh, Kobe, make a note. Sammy Terry, not a good cat today. <laughs> not at all. Not happening. Oh, I love cats, especially Face finely my grilled. <laughs> Wow, that's a thing right there. <laughs> so, uh, Sammy, just a reminder, where where are you going to be all over uh, central Indiana? Well, on the 24th, on Saturday, I'll be down in Olivic at the Haunted School. On Friday the 30th, my live stage performance and game show. Downtown Indianapolis at 12th and Central in the Indiana Landmarks building there. It's a silent Halloween party. Everyone is welcome. Family friendly. Doors open at 645. And on Halloween Day, from 1.30 until 8 p.m., I'll be on WTTV 4.2 Digital channel so all you comcast people can tune in if you don't have comcast you can certainly catch me with your antennas attached to your tvs the old way we used to with the rabbit ears and if you can't catch me either way of those make sure you subscribe to the sammy terry youtube channel i'll have all 20 of my and george's television segments halloween day and you will have liked my fan page on Facebook by then. I'll send you out a couple Halloween Day greetings. And make sure that every day you check in with the SammyTerryNightmares.com website. There you'll find everything Sammy Terry. What kind of treats do you hand out on thing, uh, on Halloween? Oh, lady fingers, <laughs> bugs. Does she know about this? <laughs> <laughs> she did after we took them. <laughs> Hopefully dipped in chocolate. So it's always a nice combination, sweet and salty, I believe. Yummy, yummy. You got love in your tummy. Something, <laughs> something in there. Uh, in other movie news around the, around, uh, the Sosi household, it did happen. Uh, now, of course, uh, my daughter, Emma who is turning 14 in a couple of weeks. That's that's a terrifying story of another kind. But um, it happened last Sunday, Kobe. In the daytime, we watched The Exorcist. Oh, yes. Because uh, my buddy Kyle, 
uh, Kyle Zillick had not had not seen the film before and also wanted to see it in the daytime. So we uh, we granted their wishes. Um, and and she now here's the background on my my daughter's connection to The Exorcist. And by the way, for the record, my daughter's fine. Um, <laughs> when I was when we'll preface, when, yeah, she's okay. When when Emma was a baby, I was the only one allowed to clean her face. She did not like people's hands in her area, so I would uh, I would take the baby wipe and I would clean her face. And when I cleaned her face, I would say, "It burns! It burns!" doing my best Mercedes McCambridge impression. And then there's something about hearing your child go, it burns, it burns, ooh. And I remember Lynn walking past, my wife of 16 years, giving me, and at that time, classic sitcom wife look. And she said, what are you, what are you going to do when Emma finally finds out what that's from? And I said, I'll, I'm sure I'll get a call probably from college going, oh, my God, it's dad. Well, it happened last Sunday. We watched it. And uh, sure enough, there were certain moments that she knew she had heard about. They knew that were going to happen, and she kind of giggles her way. I believe she is one that kind of giggles through scary movies at times. She did that with Silence of the Lambs. She did that with Seven, and she's doing that with this. So she enjoyed it. She also knew, unlike uh, the time I had the show with the friends in college, Sammy, there are times, I think, when a really good film, you need to take your time with it. I think there were a lot of slasher movies that I grew up with in the 70s and 80s where, you know, they had they had bloodshed within the first five to ten minutes. And if watching The Exorcist, it's a good 45, 50 minutes before the creepy stuff really starts to kick in. There's nothing wrong with taking your time, right? Oh, of course. In fact, that's how all the greatest of the horror movies became so horrible. It built up from the innocence of the youth, from the quiet, tranquil days, until the nighttime comes. You see the shadows, you hear the creaking of the floor. You don't know what it is, but it could be there. And it leaves you with the very essence that when you shut off your television and you get ready for your bedtime, you might be next. That's the true essence, and that's exactly what The Exorcist captured. Everyone that walked out of those theaters felt that this is real, this could happen, and it could be me. Or it could be The Exorcist 2, but that's another horror story for another time. Still exercising. Oh, they made made four of those. They made, of course, the sequel with uh, Linda Blair and Richard Burton. (laughs) Exorcist 3, Exorcist in the Big City. Oh, my gosh. Did you just do that? <laughs> Sammy, bounce a cat for him, will you? Well, I guess even after the, call, cat, the cow falls over <laughs> dead, you can still milk it. That'll do, pig. <laughs> um, but, yeah, the 1990 version with uh, George C. Scott and Brad Dorif. And then they made, they, they, they made Exorcist the prequel, or I believe it was called Dominion, and it was um, Stellan Skarsgård, the great uh, European character actor, who was playing a young Max von Sydow, the young priest, and how he became an exorcist. And what happened was it was directed by Paul Schrader, a fine filmmaker who gave the guy who wrote Taxi Driver, the guy who directed uh, Hardcore, Blue Collar, American Gigolo. And uh, it was more of a psychological tale, and Warner Brothers, of course, wanted easier scares. So they kind of took the directing reins away from him, and, and Rennie Harlan reshot it. So now, but there are two versions of the fourth Exorcist, the Exorcist prequel, if you're into that. 
Kobe's not making eye contact. Exorcist, That's a no. the beginning, and Dominion. Dominion. There you go. So anyway, those those are out there. But yeah, um, Kyle and Emma enjoyed themselves watching it in the daytime. So there there is that. Um, interesting side note. And I know I will get I will get uh, grief from this from Kyle's lovely wife Moretta. But there's a scene in The Exorcist when the, they're trying to figure out the mother, played by Alan Burson, is trying to figure out what is wrong with her daughter, played by Linda Blair. You know, going to a psychiatrist, getting medication, um, getting shock therapy. But there's also a scene where they they extract blood from uh, the Blair character by sticking a needle through the neck, which is kind of a procedure. I, I was informed by Kyle that this was the scene that his wife would pass out at. Think about all of the scenes in The Exorcist, ladies and gentlemen. And I just looked at her. Yeah, exactly. I said, um, pea soup, twisting head. The scene we can't talk about with the crucifix, none of those. That and he's like, no, this this scene is is the is the corker. So, <laughs> wow, okay, that's so. And I guess it's for others as well. So to each his own. That's that's okay out there. So anyway, yes, you can. The Exorcist is out at your. Uh, I don't. It's not your local video store. There are no more local videos except for the one in my hometown. But that's that's anyway. Cole, what are you look? What are you checking out over there? I'm looking ahead here for. You mean coming soon? Yeah. Then we should have done the trailers at the beginning of the show. <laughs> what, what's that? What's we're just happening? Looking at, we're just looking ahead at what's Are, coming scary up. Scary movies or otherwise? Otherwise, naturally. Uh, <laughs> Kobe, Kobe Next, of course, well, not a scary, freaky movie it guy. It seems like, well, we had Chris Lloyd a couple years ago say, March is the new Memorial Day. Ah, uh, yes. Yes, it is, because, yeah, summer blockbusters in March. Uh, are, are you? Are we in – well, I think we're already knee-deep in uh, grown-up movie season, don't you? Yeah, but along the same guidelines, we have November 6th, uh, Spectre coming. Yes, yes, I'm very excited. Uh, I will not be here the, the weekend that Spectre opens. I believe Richard Propes will be filling in for us, for me, because my play, The Exonerated, is uh, opening that weekend at Earlham College. Um, by the way, Sammy, we have cleaned up all the stage blood from Titus Andronicus in the theater space. You'll be happy to know. It must have taken a long time <laughs> getting enough dogs and other fiends in there lapping up all of that juicy, beautiful typo cocktail spilled out all over the floor. Such a shame. Yeah, we call them freshmen. Um, anyway, that is that is happening that weekend. And by the way, Co- I'm sorry, uh, while we're on theater news, the theater portion of the film oh, yeah. show... Um, Titus Andronicus, yep. is, there is a production of it happening this weekend and next weekend. And 25th. And that is happening where? That is at the Indie, Indie Artist Colony. That's I-N-D-Y, I-N-D-I-E? Yep. Artist Colony, what's the address? 26 East 14th Street. So that is happening this weekend and next weekend. Shakespeare's bloodiest tragedy. I am happy to say that uh, that Sammy and I actually collaborated on something besides this show. And uh, that was this summer at the Richmond Shakespeare Festival. And uh, Sammy Terry helped deliver a, uh, a fantastic curtain speech that kind of helped set the tone. If you hadn't figured out by now what kind of play you were in for... Again, we can't help you. But on behalf of the Richmond Shakespeare Festival people, Sammy, thank you for being a part of it. That was a great honor. And speaking about stage performances, those people that have liked the Sammy Terry fan page and have subscribed to the Sammy Terry YouTube channel, you'll see one of my segments that will be on the television show on Channel 4.2 Digital WTTV on Halloween from 1.30 until 8. It is George with a blonde wig on his head with a robe around (laughs) his five or eight 
sweet little channel shoulders that he has dancing in front of a mirror. You see, there's a scene from The Silence of the Lambs. We can't talk about that he <laughs> a certain gives dance. his particular type of interaction. Oh so you'll have gosh. to watch George the Spider's great stage performance during one of my segments. So make sure you subscribe to that YouTube channel. Do do uh do do fans send you old clips? Because I, I wonder how much le- how much material still is out there, whether it's VHS tapes or you know uh, or even beta recordings of of old shows. Do you do you get uh, packages sent to you that way? As you know, through the years, as WTTV was bought and sold by so many different entities, they destroyed virtually all of the original tracks of tapes of shows and props and other things. There's very few. I've got some and probably more than anyone else of the episodes. But if anyone has episodes of the Sammy Terry show through the 1960s, 70s, 80s, I always am interested to see them. I hope that they would bring them for me to take a look at at any of my live performances or reach out to me through my SammyTerryNightmares.com website. Very good. Uh, and so good that the table's dinging, uh, buzzing. <laughs> Sorry, Kobe, we, we interrupted you over there. What else you see coming soon that's um, of interest? Anything? <laughs> the Peanuts movie. Same weekend as Spectre. <laughs> yep. I know. I know. Uh, Emma wants to see that too, the little hipster. <laughs> I'll see it. I, you know, I think she'll see it unironically. Ironically? No, there's unironically. An, there's an Ingrid Bergman documentary coming. Of course. Um, Absolutely. Hunger Games part. You're Rocky all about Jr. that. Two. You're yeah, very excited. Yeah, let's awesome. let's take another book and make two movies out of it. Yeah. Um, Not better. Yeah, it's, it seems like holiday movie season. Is we we are, I think, here. between Steve Jobs and Ninety Nine Homes, um, that we 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 have start we have officially started grown up movie season, and of course, Coming Home, which I will tell your lovely wife about. That's terrifying for Kobe in another way. Star Wars. Yeah, that's opening. The, eight. That's opening the eighteenth. Yes, Christmas Day. The, 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 celebrate the birth of our Lord and Savior, <laughs> a Quentin Tarantino western. God bless us, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> what is what does Sammy Terry do on Christmas Day? Do you do you get the day off? Well, I usually spend the second most popular holiday, Christmas, lonely in my dungeon. George and I do nothing more than share a few gifts and a couple bottles of typo cocktail. You see, Christmas is all about the joys of the season and the cold, harsh train that we traverse going from door to door looking for people home alone who need a little neck rub very tightly around the juggler. Makes us very sad that we can't get out as much. But Christmas, of course, being the second most popular holiday behind my birthday, Halloween, we usually celebrate in a rather quiet manner. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. Or as he likes to call it, Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> now, one other note. Next week's uh, Blues House Party, uh, Speaking, of what, it's a, especially because Halloween falls on a Saturday, my my annual tradition, I love starting. It's one of, I call it my favorite Halloween blues song, I Put a Spell on You by Screamin' Jay Hawkins. Man classically trained to sing opera, but he sang songs like I Put a Spell on You, Alligator Wine, and the song we can never play on the radio, Constipation Blues. Look it up. We're not sharing it with you now. So, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, besides Sammy Terry, do we, Kobe, do we have some words to live by? Silent Green is peace!
Zardoz has spoken. Sammy, always a pleasure to have you here. Have fun scaring the hell out of people all month long. Well, thank you. And to all of your listeners as they send their little ones out for the tooth decaying experience of trick-or-treating, <laughs> George and I want to wish you and all of your listeners many pleasant nightmares. <laughs> And speaking of scary stuff, go Lions. It's a horrifying experience. Go see a good movie. You deserve it. You're listening to Film Sociology, a film talk show here on WFYI HD2 The Point and WFYI.org. We gone. Good night, Fort Myers. Good night, California.